0: Hi, everybody. It's Dash, your Gen Y millennial today. Welcome to the XYZ Experiment podcast. Today, I'm here with Fiona. Hi, Fiona. Hello, Dash. And Fiona told me the story of her wedding day. And I found this story extraordinary and fascinating and thought she should share it with all of us. So today (laughs) we're going to have a chat about what happened um, at Fiona's wedding. Um, and it's a story that I think will take you on a bit of a roller coaster. But first of all, Fiona, please remind our listeners how you and Maladdin met and what was the time frame, I guess, of your dating before your wedding.
1: So thanks, Dutch. So Mladen and I were married in 1994 and uh, we'd been together for about 18 months. And we had decided very quickly uh, that we really loved each other and we really wanted to get married. But our family had asked us, well, my mum in particular, had asked us to wait a year because for her, it, it was all very, very quick and very, very fast and was quite stressful for our families. We got engaged in Bali, um, uh-huh. yeah, which mm-hmm. was really nice because it, it was actually a surprise. I was yeah. really surprised we got engaged in Bali and that was probably in like November, December. And then we came back to um, WA and told our parents. And they were actually quite good about it at that stage because it had been over the year. And then we said, well, we're going to get married. And the decision was decided to get married in March on the long weekend. So there was a long weekend in March. So literally we'd get married on a Sunday um, and then the public holiday was on the Monday. And we did that because we lived in the country and it was so people from the country could come down to our wedding and then go back up again, and not have to skip any work days and things like that. So they could drive down on a Saturday, come to the wedding on the Sunday and drive home on the Monday. So that's very considerate yeah, of you. That's why we were a Sunday wedding. But we did very little planning for it in that we just made the decision and then literally we're sort of getting married about 10 weeks later. So there was a lot of um, very quick planning to be done for it.
0: Okay. And so in terms of wedding planning, who was the person who did most of the wedding planning?
1: So it was all me. It was completely all me. And and back then uh, when you were getting married, like uh, we're talking 1994, I'd been brought up a Catholic. Um, My parents were insisting on a full nuptial wedding. So that's an hour long full religious ceremony Catholic wedding. So in a church as well. Um, Not that I was going to church regularly. And the other thing as well as is because we were getting a full Catholic wedding, we had to go to classes with the Catholic Church. (laughs) (laughs) And because we'd, we'd not planned it very well in advance, we couldn't go to the group classes. So we had to go to private classes. So it was the priest and Mladen and I, I think we had to do two or three of those before the Catholic Church agreed that we could get married in a Catholic Church. Wow. Yeah, and then it was interesting because Mladen had been baptised in Croatia but um, a Croatia had gone through a war and um, the church where he'd been baptised in had been blown up, so been destroyed. So there was no proof that he had actually been baptised. So his parents had to sort of sign a stat debt to say, yeah, he'd definitely been baptised so we could have a full, a full mass wow. um, in the Catholic Church. So we had to do that. But my husband obviously just had no idea about anything religious because I can still remember we went to... Um, to do one of these classes and, and the priest starts with a prayer and he's doing, you know, in the name of the Father, the Son of the Holy Spirit. And Maladdin literally doesn't know what that means. And he yeah. doesn't know how to cross himself. <laughs> So know how to do anything. Which it's, way to go. Yeah, it was really funny to watch, you know, but the priest was just delightful. So he was just, it was fine, you know, yeah. <laughs> he's sort of showing Aladdin what to do. But um, they still agreed that we could get married in a church. So that was good. Okay. And what else did you quickly have to organise then? A dress. So I had to arrange a dress. I had to arrange a church, had to arrange a venue. And we were living in Geraldton. So we had to uh, have that all done in Perth. So I'd go down for a weekend and we decided it was probably Malad's parents lived on the street that had a Catholic church on the corner. So it was literally like 100 metres from his house. And then turning the corner was a pub. And so we thought we'll get married in that church and we'll have our reception in the pub. And yeah. the pub had a, um, a pub downstairs and then upstairs had a big reception um, area. So um, I booked it all on a weekend. So I went up and booked the church, talked to the priest and then um, walked down the road and booked the the pub literally um, down the road, so that we were getting married at three p.m. and then um, the reception was to start at six. Okay. At, yeah, down the road. Yeah. And so then invitations go out. Invitations go out, but. That's where things maybe start to go a little bit wrong because the invitations weren't quite right. We, I had to arrange a dress and so um, I actually had a dress made and I did that with a, a dressmaker in Geraldton and that was really lovely and, um, and had to have that made very, very quickly because I couldn't buy, um, well I suppose I could have bought something off the rack But there was no sort of bridal shops in Geraldton at that time, and it would have been too hard for me in Perth, so um, I had I had the dress made. Yeah.
0: And even when you do buy a dress from a bridal store, often they then get it made, and that takes months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I just didn't have that.
1: No. (laughs) And so when we um when. Back then, as well, you, there wasn't sort of the shop to go into to have a look at the fabric and, and I think that's, that was the case even in Perth, there wasn't a lot of fabrics around for weddings. and what would happen is, is you'd get this book and you go through the book and they've got all these samples of the fabrics in it, and you literally pick which one you want, and then it gets ordered and sent in. yeah and I don't know whether that was coming from Sydney or Melbourne or I know I think mine came from overseas um so we had this little fabric that we were looking at and I thought it was gold and ivory and I'm like yep that's the one and so we ordered it in and then when it actually turned up it was pink and (laughs) we were like oh my god and the dressmaker rings me up and she goes oh my god it's pink and because it was such a blush pink so we just couldn't tell when we looked at it um and so she thought I would just you know fall apart about it but I was like "Oh, oh well I'll just be a pink bride it's fine and so that's that's what we did for the wedding dress. We had a pink wedding dress. Um, yeah, so that so we sort of had done a lot of the planning from Perth. I really wanted a band, so uh, a band that my sister had had at her wedding, and because it was on the Sunday, we could actually get the band quite easily. Okay. So managed to get the band, and then um, planning the week before the wedding, thinking, oh, everything's ready. I'll just head to Perth, and that's where everything literally. It just fell apart. So, okay. um, from there, yeah. Okay, so. <laughs> get ready. <laughs> get ready.
0: Get ready for the emotional roller coaster that is about to come it's your insane. way. It was
1: insane. <laughs> so, tell us a week before your wedding, you head to Perth. So, I head to Perth, and my husband's still in Geraldton. He's going to drive down, and he's bringing my dress with me because um, the dressmaker was still finalising some things on it. So I get down to Perth and the first thing we do is we walk up to the church to have a chat to the priest. And so we get to the church and the priest says to us, this is a week before the wedding, um, that he hadn't put it into his diary and that's his golf day and that he wouldn't be able to marry us <laughs> on that day. Or could we change the day? And we're talking a week out, you know. And so we're we're saying, well, no, we can't... Um, we can't do that. Like, you it's have all planned. Coming. We've got people coming. It's been booked. You know, we've sent all the invites out. We really had quite an argument with him. And my mum really, um, she was very upset about it. So he, he really dug his heels in. We thought that he would go, OK, you know, we'll go ahead and do it. But he didn't. We went to the Catholic Archdiocese thinking they would force him to do the wedding. And they told us that... Um, each priest is independent. I can't force them to do anything. And so literally we couldn't have him marry us.
0: Had you already paid him?
1: No, not yet. Okay. No, so um, it was actually really a weird experience to be honest to, you know, you've got a wedding coming up. you think that he would do it. Anyway, um, my mum knew the local priest in her area where she lived. So she went down and spoke to him and he said, he'd be happy to come up to that church to marry us. And so this is in Perth. he's this new
0: local priest is in Perth as well.
1: Yeah, so um, all we had to do is transport him up there. So that was easy, you know, just go with my mum and dad. And he stayed for the dinner and all that sort of stuff. So that was all agreed to. And the priest who actually ran this church said, yep, yeah, that's fine. He can come up and marry you in my church. That's no worries at all. And they obviously had a conversation and things like that.
0: But so, just backtrack. Yeah. From the time of hearing... Mm-hmm this priest is not going, the original priest isn't going to do it, to then working out this new priest can
1: do it. What was that time frame? So we had three days before the wedding. Oh, my
0: God. (laughs) Yeah,
1: three days before the wedding. Okay. okay. Continue. Then what happened? So, but what I didn't say is on that day when we walked up to the the church, we turned the corner and walked down to our wedding venue. So we go down to the wedding venue and uh, we walk in and say, oh, we're just confirming the wedding this Sunday and the people go we have no idea what you're talking about and what had happened in those six weeks is the pub had changed ownership in those six weeks but when it had changed ownership the new owners and the old owners had fallen out and the old owners had taken the bookings book with them
0: like as a
1: FU to them so they had no idea what bookings were in advance and they were just hoping that people would turn up and just say, oh, we've got an event. It was really nasty stuff. And they had booked another function into that function centre. Wow. So we had rolled up and just gone, oh, just confirming our wedding at six o'clock, you know, this this Sunday. We'd already paid a deposit and they, they, they were lovely. They were horrified and they were just like, we've actually, we didn't know, we've booked another function in. So it was a a 50th birthday party they'd booked in. So they said, leave it with us. And they called us um, the next day and they'd contacted the 50th birthday and said, we're going to move you into the pub. We'll close the pub. Yeah. You can have the downstairs and then we've got a wedding upstairs and they agreed to that. So that was was great, right? But But on on. the
0: first, on that one day, Mm -hmm. you find out your priest is not available and that there's been a, stuff up with the booking at the pub yeah neither of which get resolved immediately so you've got like at least 24 hours of thinking what on earth how were you feeling during that time i was
1: really stressful like the week of my wedding was really really stressful i think i just kept calling maladin in tears all the time because just one thing after the other because the other thing that happened the next day is um that the function rang us up across the road was an anglican church across the road and, um, and so the pub, back then in Perth, pubs had to close early, I think it was 6 p.m. on a Sunday night. So yeah. pubs can't go past sun, uh, 6 p.m. That's an old rule, it doesn't exist anymore um, because it was a day of worship. So what happened then is that um, they have to tell the church that they've got two functions on that night that will go past that time and then the church gives permission for that. Like the church goes, oh, okay. And and I know that sounds crazy, but that's what used to happen. The Anglican church said no. So they just said, it's a day of worship. We don't want the pub open past six o'clock.
0: But they went, were they having a church service at that time? And they went to the
1: council and, and tried to stop it from happening. Wow. It was unbelievable. So then they came back to us and they just said, look, we can't start your function at 6 o'clock. You literally have to walk from the church to your function centre yeah. and start your function. Um, so um, And then we we had to go to the council and put an application into the council and the council said we could stay open till 10. Okay. They gave permission for that and um, so our wedding literally when we were at the after we got married an announcement was made it was just literally walk to the function center like don't go off anywhere we have to start the function you know almost straight away afterwards because the wedding was started at three and it didn't sort of finish till sort of half past three and then everyone walked down so we started our function at four okay so we still had the six hours where we could um you know have have our party and have our band and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, so that happened the next day. Um, Then um, we got that all resolved and we thought, oh, okay, this is okay. And the food and the drinks and everything had been resolved. And then um, Maladin came down a couple of days later and and he had my wedding dress with him, right? So he hadn't looked at it or anything and um, he hands me my wedding dress. And I remember sitting in my bedroom with my mum and saying to my mum, because the wedding dress is, is really beautiful, and I remember saying to my mum, oh, at least everything's okay with the wedding dress. And I turned the wedding dress over and unfortunately the dressmaker had failed to remove the um, marking pen that you put onto the wedding dress to mark things in. And Maladdin had driven it down and it was like 40 degrees and the blue had gone all through my dress. <sighs> So I just had blue. My whole dress was covered in blue splotches all the way down the back and all through the lace. And I just I just burst into tears, you know, just seeing it. But my mother is a very good dressmaker. And she just literally just said, just leave it with me. Just leave it with me. And so she spent that next night getting all that blue out of the dress. How did she do that? She did it she got it all out like she just took over and just said i'll get all that blue out." so of she knew yes. how to get the stains out so she got it all out we had arranged cars and everything to take us to the uh, wedding and things like that um, so i rang them um, two days beforehand just to confirm everything was okay and they were like Yep, yeah, everything's fine um, we had like a carriage sort of thing it was really it was going to be really nice. We had our photographer all arranged. Photographer went great, and he like he had already scouted all the locations for us to have our photos and all that sort of stuff. So we get to the um, the wedding day, and I'm getting ready, and I get a phone call from the people who are driving the cars to tell me that the guy who's doing it, the father, it's a family business, had died that morning. <laughs> and that they wouldn't be able to supply the cars. And it's his daughter calling me. And so I say to her, it's absolutely fine. I'm really, really sorry for this to happen to you. She's crying even harder because apparently I was the third bride she'd called that day. The other two had lost it and I was the only one who'd said it was okay. Wow. Yeah, so she, and I was really glad I'd said that. So then, so he had died. We didn't have any wedding cars. So we thought, okay, we'll just use, we'll use our friends' cars. So we're busy calling up people going, can we borrow your car? Can we borrow your car? To sort of get our wedding party to, to the... Um, to the church. To the church, right? Um, and then we get to... Um, the pub had a, a room in it that we could get ready in. So we got all ready down at my mum's place and drove up into the pub area... And then I'm sort of calling my and just saying, you know, um, we're sort of ready to go, are you ready to go? And they weren't ready to go yet. Something was happening at, at his house, which was literally 100 metres from where I was. Uh, but we just didn't quite know what was going on. So we had to sort of delay the wedding a little bit until they got to the church. And then the his mum was really weird at the wedding, like, like really subdued. And his mum and I were extremely close. And she just wasn't herself at all. So I was thinking, oh, is she actually really unhappy about the wedding? Like,
0: her getting married? Yeah,
1: is she really, is she devastated by this? You know, I just didn't understand what was going on. And then we got married and then, oh, oh no, I've forgotten to tell you. We turn up to the church. <laughs> it's going to make me laugh. We turned up to the church. What the priest didn't tell us, what his like complete FU, is the church was actually under construction. Half the church was missing. And they'd put up this big um, blue sheeting to cover up where there was a hole in the wall. And so my florist had turned up, because don't forget there wasn't really mobile phones back then. Yeah. My florist had turned up and thought she was at the wrong church.
0: She wow. just thought this can't
1: be the church. So she delivered all the flowers to the the hotel thinking I'm not this can't be the church yeah so we come to the church and the church is under construction no one's in the church because they're all standing outside just going is this is this where you're getting married and we're like oh my god like
0: so when you'd gone the week before it wasn't nah, under construction it happened oh that my week my gosh and they hadn't
1: told us <gasps> yeah I know it was insane so I got married in a church where half Half the church is missing with these... Um, and
0: no flowers.
1: Yeah, no flowers. I mean, that's okay. There's no flowers in the church. They're all at the reception um, because they just they didn't know. They, Fair enough. Yeah, like you would turn up and just think, no one's getting married in this. Yeah. So anyway, turn up and um, uh, we get there. The church is under construction. It's like, oh, my God. I'm there before my husband. So <laughs> oh, we're waiting for him and his family to turn up. Um, they come, they go in, Mladen and I are thrilled, you know, it's all we, we go in we get we get married and we come out. And then Mladen's um, brother um, uh, was in um, the armed forces and he's had a phone call just before the wedding to say, you have to hop on a plane and come back to Canberra now, yeah. Literally, So he just gets through the ceremony and he has to go, like he's going down to jump on a plane to go back. I don't know what it was, but he had to go. So his brother's left. His mum is still in a really, really weird headspace. Like, we don't understand what's going on with her. But then we find out... that (laughs) Mladen didn't want to tell me, but he tells me his grandma had died that morning. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so his grandma had died that morning. And her family um, in Slovenia had decided it would be a good... They knew the wedding was on, but they still rang and told her the morning of our wedding. Why? Yeah, I know, I know. So what had happened was is she had been... So um, distressed, they had had a doctor come out and give her a, a sedation injection. So she was actually sedated to the eyeballs, and that's why she
0: seemed out of it. Yeah, that's
1: why she seemed out of it.
0: So can she recollect your wedding at all?
1: I don't think so. And then also because they were in mourning, no dancing, no celebration. <gasps> it was just <laughs> it was insane. so. Was Maladdin also not allowed to dance or celebrate? No, he did. Yeah, Yeah. he did, but his parents didn't and the family didn't because they were in mourning. Far out. I know, I know. It was pretty crazy. So anyway, um, and I didn't add that when we got out of the car, one of my bridesmaids stepped out of the car and her dress ripped from top to bottom all the way down where the zipper was (laughs) the entire way down. Was that a dress that had been made as well? No, we bought them off the rack. Okay. And so it just so we then had to rush down to Maladin's place, get a sewing kit, come back out and literally sew her into her dress. And your so, mum did that? Yep. yep. <laughs> so I sew her back into her dress. And uh so we we couldn't we didn't we I don't think we started walking down the aisle till about three thirty. Like it was just it was full on. It was Which is
0: when on. your wedding was supposed to finish so that you could yeah. get, usher everyone across the road to the pub
1: yeah. to start your... So then we said everybody, right, to start walking to the pub, to start walking to the pub. I don't have a lot of wedding photos because literally we just... You know how people have that time between yeah. getting married and, and having the function? We just couldn't do that. We just couldn't... Um, yeah, we just couldn't do that. So we had a few photos across the road. There was a park, and we had photos in the park. Yeah, and um, and that was it. Literally, I think we had about half an hour worth of photos, and then we went to the um, went to the wedding, uh, the function. Now, the function itself was superb. Like yeah. we had a really the the place where we had the wedding at were wonderful. They put on such a nice event for us. Beautiful speeches and all that sort of stuff. Your cake was was fine. Cake was good. My Aunty Rowan made it. It was amazing, really amazing. Um, But Mladen's dad, uh, he's passed away now, and I think I can say it. Mladen's dad is quite a trickster. Like, he he just thinks lots of things are really funny. So he thought during the function it would be a really funny idea to go to my mum and dad and say that he was no longer paying his half of the wedding wow so Maladdin and I paid for a lot of it but then um my parents had had an agreement with his parents about they'd pay this and they'd pay that and so he thought it would be funny to do that I, I still didn't I should have explained it a bit better I still didn't know um why his mum was sedated like, I didn't get told a lot later into yeah. the evening and so I, I'm still thinking she's really unhappy about the wedding so when my mum comes to me and says Maladdin's dad is saying um, he doesn't want to pay for his half of the wedding but don't worry my parents are just going to pay for it yeah I just thought oh my god they don't want me marrying Maladdin. like oh my gosh it was just really awful so Mladen raced to his dad to ask him and it was all a joke it was just he just meant it as a joke but I think just because it had been such a drama filled day just yeah. there wasn't any jokes left to be had do you yeah. know what I mean I just think it was like not a a good joke to do and so
0: did he immediately clarify
1: all he that he immediately clarified it but yeah it was it was very stressful <laughs> it was very stressful to have that happen on the day so oh god bless him don't worry maladin's parents and no, I, they both passed away i love them like yeah. seriously i love them i understand how it all happened because of what had happened that morning but, yeah, it was pretty full on. So we, um, we hop and we, we have to close up at 10, so we have to send everybody home. And it was one of those parties where people weren't leaving, you know. It was a really fun time. And um, so then we hopped in the car and we took ourselves down to our hotel because we were flying out to Melbourne. We actually honeymooned in Melbourne. And so we get down to the hotel and I'm still in my wedding dress and we walk in and the um, people at the hotel say to me, you didn't tell us. You, you were honeymooners, like you didn't say anything like that. And I was just saying, oh, because I just, we're literally flying out the next day. And so they did this massive upgrade for us, like they put us in this penthouse. Wow. They sent all this stuff up to our room. They made a real fuss of us. And that was a really, really nice way to sort of end it, you know. Like Considering really, everything that had yeah, happened. Yeah, that yeah. was a really nice way to sort of end. But we were exhausted <laughs> by the time we got to the thing, we are just exhausted. So we sort of just, um, I don't know, we just went straight to bed and they just flew out the next day. It's yeah. just, it's a, it, was, it was a day of, like, a lot of fun and joy and then it was, a, yeah, it, it was really stressful leading up to it. Many times people have said to me, you should get remarried, you know, you should do another wedding ceremony, but I just, I, I don't see, I don't see the How use of that. that. Yeah, I'd rather Melinda and I went and had a holiday than do that. I've made uh, the story sound so awful.
0: No, you didn't. And I think it's really beautiful how you said there was a lot of joy. Yeah. Um, and yes, there was a lot of laughter and the, yes, all of those types of things. And, and I have been reflecting on the word joy a lot. <laughs> and I heard in a recent podcast, um, someone talk about joy as it's, we, we always interpret it as just being happy, like another word of happiness. But actually, it is about joy in the hard things. Like, it's that um, experience of um, feeling gratitude and, um, you know, contentment and all of those kind of elements, even though things are hard and even though there was suffering and even though there's sorrow. And so I feel like the word joy maybe does encapsulate your wedding beautifully. <laughs>
1: it could do. It could <laughs> do. <laughs> it was like, it, it was like, um, no no matter what the world threw at us, it, this union still happened. Yeah. You know what I mean? And the union's still been successful 30 years later. And it was like, you get, you're getting married and it's like, it was such a hard week. It was a really, really hard week. Um, and you're getting married. But it's like, I don't know, it's hard to explain. It's almost like, if you can survive that, we're going to be pretty successful. You're going to be... <laughs> Did you have the attitude,
0: though, um, that it isn't just about the wedding, it is about the two of you? Because I kind of think that for generations that are younger, so much energy and effort go into making it this perfect Instagrammable day Yeah. that I feel like if what happened to you... People would have fallen apart. ...would have fallen apart. And there's actually a lot of counselling and conversation that has to happen because people get post-wedding blues oh. because the wedding was meant to be the pinnacle as opposed to the signalling of the start of a marriage?
1: I think because we, you know, it was very quickly arranged and we didn't do anything special around it. Like I didn't have any like favours or, you know, we didn't do anything like that. And and, it, I would call it a very plain wedding if that if that's the way. I didn't have any dreams of getting married or, yeah. you know, any preconceived notion of what it would be or anything like that so I, I probably hadn't I was one of my first friends to get married so I didn't I hadn't been to a lot of weddings in, yeah in that sort of time so um certainly like like it's not as if my wedding day was ruined because I had a vision of what it was I didn't yeah. know what it was going to be so it, we just rolled with what it was yeah <laughs> just, just rolled with it so I think it was really like to have a band at our wedding, that was really a joyful part of it. Like, because who doesn't like to get up and dance and have music. And even though Mladen's family went dancing, and I get it, we we really did. We had a really, really great time. And how long was it before you could look back and just laugh? No, I laugh, well, yeah. When we were on our honeymoon, um, we were a bit shell-shocked, if I'm completely honest. We really were. Like It was our first time to Melbourne. We loved it. It was freezing because we'd come from 40 degrees. Oh, because that's the other thing on our wedding day. Um, One of the reasons why we chose March the 8th is because you're going into autumn and we thought it would be a little bit cooler. Our wedding day was 42 degrees. Wow. 42 degrees. It was insane how hot it was. And so every year, I always look to see what the temperature is on the day, like every year. And if you're in Perth, it's normally in the 40s. Like, for some reason, it's a really, really hot weekend. (laughs) I just looked at the past things, you know, to see. But I didn't.
0: Hi everyone, it's Dash. Thanks for taking the time to listen to the XYZ Experiment podcast and don't forget to leave a rating and a review. If you've enjoyed our show and um, like what you're hearing, tell all your friends and family and hit that subscribe button. If you want to hear our updates and know when episodes drop, follow us on Instagram at the XYZ Experiment for all the latest updates and news. And our original music was composed and performed by the amazing Luke Champion.